Welcome to Leading Age Workforce Innovators. This podcast is part of a series by the Leading Age Center for Workforce Solutions to examine promising practices and innovations to meet workforce challenges. I'm Gene Mitchell, editor of Leading Age Magazine, and today I'm speaking to Gwyn Earle, Executive Director of Leading Age Tennessee. Before taking her current position, Earl was Executive Director for Trinity Hills of Knoxville, an assisted living provider. She is here to talk about how managers who show that they care about employees' well-being can achieve superior results. Hello, Gwen. Hi, Jean. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today and, and share this thought. Glad you could join us. Let's start by talking about the stresses on frontline workers. In your experience, how can the personal challenges that a frontline worker faces affect their job performance? Sure. I believe that we all know that stress can affect anyone's job performance, really, no matter who you are. OnShift recently reported that four out of five employees say that personal financial issues affect their job performance. To me, four out of five is a stat that I don't think we should ignore. This will lead to an increase in the inability to focus on the job. No doubt will lead to an increase in tardiness and absenteeism. We as administrators and management are not counselors. And I'm not here today to say we are or we should be or we should try to provide a fix for every issue our staff has. But I truly believe that if we can find creative ways to help ease some of the financial stresses they have from time to time, we can really make a difference. You're a strong believer in the value of caring, which uh, you can define as being concerned about each employee as a person and building that caring into the way you manage them. How would you describe this mindset? Well, I admit that I've been accused of being too Pollyanna from time to time, but I do see the value of caring and living an optimistic life as a win-win. I think most of us have read Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, or maybe even the Go-Giver series, which is one of my favorites, by Bob Berg and John David Mann. I didn't dive deep into these reads until a few years into managing staff, and then I could see that these were principles that we were living and using to help create a fantastic staffing retention. Habit number four in Covey's book is a picture of what we need to live more abundantly with our staff. And I like to quote from the book, Cultivate in your own nature and character an abundant spirit. This is a mutual benefit so that both parties win and then create an environment surrounding which nurtures the keeping of that relationship on a win-win basis. Jean, I think that a community, an office, or even our homes can only be as positive and encouraging and giving as the leader is, and, and I just want to take that responsibility seriously. It seems like step one in this process is really getting to know employees. I wonder if you could tell us about how you did that, and in particular, how did you start the process with new staff? Sure. I'm a firm believer in being part of that interviewing process, and I'm not saying we have time to be full hands-on with that, but I think we need to determine um, where we need to put some time and energy into that. For me, typically, once the applicant would be vetted by the office manager or the staff that they would be reporting to, they would be brought to my office or time would be scheduled, you know, at everyone's convenience that I can meet with them. 
I would visit with them and just have comfortable small talk. I would share my heart for seniors, my passion in the industry, our value statements, mission statements. And typically, I think with anyone, this will open the door and create that atmosphere that they'll want to share as well. And I just find actually 100% of the time it does. What is very important about that step is that you listen more than you speak. While I'm talking or while we're visiting or right after, it's just a small amount of time, I would always walk to our memory care unit with this applicant. That would allow many opportunities to talk with staff and residents along the way. I think this is very important because you can watch for that interaction between the applicant and the resident or the staff member. It's important to see how they instantly will relate to strangers. At the end of that time, I wish them well, and if the process moved forward, I would tell them to check in with me often and let me know how they're doing. I would always have a note ready for them to welcome them on their first day of employment if they indeed were hired. And, um, you know, things, things that would work for me may not work for you. you. You need to know your own management style and your own personality, but I think there's a way to fit caring into any type of management style. What are some things an employer can do to help staff overcome the personal challenges that might adversely affect their work? I think that's the heartbeat of the message, Gene. If your staff knows that you care about them, then the win-win becomes action. If a manager cares about the life of their staff when they're not on shift, then I am convinced from experience that employee will be better at their job, will remain with you longer, and will be more satisfied. Now, how do we show that we care? First and foremost, I think we have to actually care. You know, we have to be authentic. Then we have to have hands and feet on that feeling. That statistic that four out of five employees say that financial issues affect their job performance, to me, is a great place to start. Most every neighborhood or community has some sort of a mission house for clothing help, for uh, like a food bank, other opportunities that are available. Our frontline staff are typically working paycheck to paycheck. So when an appliance breaks down or back to school time is there or Christmas time, that stress will mount. I say, let's make it our task to find out about the opportunities that are out there for the staff. Take the time to go and visit these places. Post information for your employees to see in the break room or at the clock. you, you may also want to consider having that person from the ministries come and speak at a staff meeting. This can be handled in several different ways, the way I see it, that can reflect your own processes. There really is a lot of assistance that's out there if we just care enough to take the time to locate, find out about these things on our employees' behalf, and then we're, we're giving them a tool that can allow them to do their job better. Um, I think other benefits that a lot of people do is offering free meals while they're on shift and uh, cash or gift cards for extra efforts, discounts on shoes and uniforms. These, these things will go a long way to show that we truly care. Now, as a leader, how did you train your supervisory staff to incorporate this same approach in dealing with their uh, director pool? First, by modeling to them. You know, um, it goes back to being authentic. An administrator needs to care about their supervisory staff. Then their supervisory staff will care more about their frontline staff. And again, if you're not authentic, they won't buy in. Can you, can you teach someone to care? 
It begins with hiring the right staff that can embrace and reflect your mission statement as well as that of the companies. I love that statement, hire for the heart and train for the task. This will take involvement, I'm sure. But your manager's worst problem is staffing issues. So if you can give them tools and ways to help care and show they care and show it really works, this will become part of their managing style as well. Finally, how does this approach uh, affect residents and their relationships with staff and with the general quality of life in the community? Caring should be the name of the game in the senior care industry, right? I mean, if you don't care, then hopefully you're not applying to work in this industry anyways. Um, But for us, during our staff meetings, we would have a time of the caring prize. I would challenge the staff, and I would talk to the new staff about this, that if they could come to a monthly staff meeting with a new story about a resident that I don't already know, then their name would go in for a drawing for a gift cash that I would provide. The I think the encouragement for more personal conversation with the residents became a fun challenge, and I saw it working. I saw them communicate. It wasn't just doing the task of the bathing or grooming or hands-on care, but they started to um, inter- intertwine full conversation and meaningful comfort, uh, conversation into the task. And they were excited to come to staff meeting with that, and they would share it with the other staff. And, and then those staff members would go and communicate to the resident about it as well. Like, you know, Susie was telling me about the conversation she had with you about when you were doing this or doing that in their past. And I just seen a chain reaction with that, that I think began with just the initiation of of helping them become involved in caring. Gwen Earl, thanks for speaking with Leading Edge. Thank you very much. Um, It was absolutely my pleasure, Jean. And thanks for listening to another Leading Age Workforce Innovators podcast. You can learn more about our guest program on the Leading Age Center for Workforce Solutions website. I'm Gene Mitchell. Our producer is Charlie Visconage. And the Center for Workforce Solutions is led by Susan Hildebrandt. You can listen to more Leading Age podcasts on our website. And you can subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating.